a model for success with stress. As I mentioned in the Science of Stress workbook, successful stress management consists of two strategies. The first strategy is stress prevention, keeping the stress response from turning on in the first place. The second strategy is stress reduction, turning the stress response off when it is not needed. Most stress management books and programs focus on one or the other, but you need both elements to be successful. Prevention keeps the stress response off. The successful manager of stress has consistent thinking patterns that exclude any thoughts of unnecessary perceived threat. Remember, perceived threat thoughts turn the stress response on. No perceived threat thought, no threat, no stress. We explored the principles, skills, and activities to do this in the stress prevention and the mindfulness workbooks. Sometimes, despite our best stress prevention efforts, the stress response still turns on. The second strategy involves deliberately turning off the stress response after it has been launched. Relaxation turns the stress response off. The successful manager of stress consistently does those things that effectively turn off the stress response whenever it has been activated. You learned about a variety of powerful tools that immediately turn off your stress in the stress reduction workbook. Interestingly, when you consistently turn off the stress response through relaxation, you actually help prevent subsequent triggering of the stress response. When you combine both strategies, stress prevention and stress reduction, you set yourself up for success over stress. Create your stress management vision. What is a vision? A vision is a desired state, a way of being that you'd like to experience as you look ahead to your future, from six months to five years from now. A stress management vision is a foreseeing of the things you'd like to realize with respect to your psychological and emotional well-being. Think of your vision as a convincing declaration of who you would like to be and the behaviors you want to do consistently. As I describe what a stress management vision is, what thoughts and images immediately come to your mind? Is it easy for you to see yourself feeling a lot better than you do right now? After reading the other workbooks, you probably have some sense of how things could be different for you, and you've given some thought to it. On the other hand, it might seem a bit daunting when you start thinking of where you want to be and how you want to get there. Fortunately, regardless of where you are, a guided step-by-step -step approach will set you in the right direction. As the Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu so wisely said, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. But first we need to figure out where you want to end up. That's your vision. Let's discover it together. I'd like you to think ahead, perhaps a year or two, maybe even five years into your future. Think about your life and what you'd like it to be like, if it could be any way you wanted. How would you like things to be for you regarding your stress, if things could be ideal? What would it look like if you were entirely on top of your thinking, emotions, and stress? How would you feel if you were at your ideal state of stress management? Perhaps you might include some of the following in your answers. Feel confident and alert. Experience high mental focus and productivity. Have a positive self-image and self-esteem. Experience peace of mind. Feel balanced. Feel in control. Feel relaxed. Feel happy. Feel joy. Try this. 
Let's take a moment and actually visualize how you would like a day in your life to feel with respect to your stress or lack of it five years from now. If you want to, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and in your imagination, go to a place where you feel happy and peaceful. You might imagine being somewhere in nature or anywhere that is comfortable and familiar to you. As you visualize yourself in this safe and happy place, begin to move ahead in time and picture yourself one year from now, two years from now, maybe even five years from now. What would you like your well-being to be like several years from now? What are the three most important things in your life? How does your stress affect these things? As you look ahead, what do you notice about your stress levels? Are things better or worse for you if you don't do something about your stress? Now imagine that you have dramatically improved your emotional well-being and removed debilitating stress from your life. As you imagine this, think about the following questions. Do you seem happy, content, serene, and tranquil? What are you doing differently? What do others notice about you? What words or phrases would describe this experience you're having? Do you believe this is possible? What do you need to do to get to an emotionally happy, stress-free place? The answers to these questions can help you create your vision. They help you paint a clear picture for yourself of how you would like your life to be. Once you know what the painting looks like, it's easier to create the map that will take your life where you want it to go. Create three-month outcome goals. There is plenty of evidence to show that people who set clear achievable goals are far more likely to arrive at their desired outcomes and to be more successful generally. If you know where you're going, and you have something to shoot for, and you have a plan for getting there, you're more likely to arrive. It has been said that a goal is a dream with a deadline. Now that you have created a vision of how you'd like to be in one to five years, you've designed your dream. We next start creating some goals, some desired outcomes with a deadline that will move you in the direction of your dream. Typically, three months is an ideal length of time for an outcome goal. Three months is a long enough amount of time to see long-lasting permanent results. It is also short enough that there is a sense of urgency involved. Let me explain what I mean with a couple common examples. Consider one's common attitude of setting a New Year's resolution, such as losing a certain amount of weight, and compare it to the motivation of preparing for and running a race, such as a 5K or a half marathon. Even though they feel similar in nature, there are noticeable differences in the two goals. Since the New Year's resolution of losing weight has no end point, no target date for accomplishment, typically the person loses motivation because there's no sense of urgency. A goal is in mind, but it isn't pinned to a timeline for when it is going to be realized. Very rarely do people set New Year's resolutions and then successfully complete them the way they intended on January 1st. 
Preparing for the race, on the other hand, creates real motivation because there is something special about the looming deadline of the event itself. The end stays in mind, and that tends to drive behavior to be ready for it, to prepare for it. As it gets closer, urgency increases. Most people who plan to do a race at a specific place and time usually end up running in the race. Outcome versus Behavioral Goals Before we set our goals, let me clarify the difference between an outcome goal and a behavioral goal. An outcome goal differs from a behavioral goal in that an outcome goal generally describes how things will be at the end point. It describes states of being or habituated patterns of behavior. A behavioral goal, on the other hand, refers to specific things you will do that will move you in the direction of your outcome goals as you do them. A behavioral goal is a specific behavior that you plan to do. Here are a couple of examples for you to compare both types of goals. Outcome goal. Increase my inner peace and tranquility. Behavioral goal. Meditate three times each week and practice yoga four times each week. Outcome goal. Feel content and grateful for all the good in my life. Behavioral goal. Keep a gratitude journal and write in it every evening before I go to bed. Do you see the difference? By doing the behavioral goal, you're likely to reach the outcome goal. This is another reason why New Year's resolutions tend to fail. The person may seek the desired outcome to feel more grateful, but without a specific behavioral component, the action steps on the way, such as keeping a daily gratitude journal, the plan frequently falls flat. 3-Month Outcome Goals So your 3-month goals should probably be outcome goals rather than behavioral goals. You're making your way to an end point of how you'd like to be. In 3 months, your behaviors will have become habits. Obviously, you'll update your outcome goals on a weekly or monthly basis so they reflect your potentially changing desires. That's okay. The important thing is to keep the 3-month target, the end, in mind. Examples. Let's look at some examples of how your outcome goals might sound. I usually like to word them in this way. By the end of three months, I will... Then put in your desired goal. I'll throw a few out to help you brainstorm. By the end of three months, I will... Be happy and content. Treat my family with kindness and love. Regularly spend mindful quality time with my favorite people. Live in the present and experience the fullness of each moment. Quietly resist nothing and accept the things I can't change. Feel tranquil and serene even in the most chaotic of times. Create weekly behavioral goals. Weekly goals help you take small, manageable, self-designed steps on the way to your three-month outcome goals. You plan these behavioral goals with your outcome goals and vision in mind. You answer the question, what will I do this week that will move me in the direction of my outcome goals and ultimately my vision? When you complete these weekly goals, you'll gain confidence in your ability to realize your outcome goals. You'll also feel empowered each time you successfully reach your weekly goals. Success creates confidence, which leads to more success. Smart Behavioral Goals As I mentioned before, Weekly behavioral goals consist of specific things that you will do during the week. 
you decide on desired things that you'll do at specific times, in specific ways, for a specific number of times. I like to create these behavioral goals in the form of SMART goals. A SMART goal is the type of goal that puts you in charge by doing things in certain very controlled ways. The acronym SMART stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Time-Bound. Let me explain in more detail how each of these relates to your behavioral goals. A behavioral goal is specific when you can describe exactly what it looks like as you're doing it. There's no question what you'll be doing. This type of goal answers the five W questions. Who is involved? What am I going to do? Where is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? Why am I setting this goal? A behavioral goal is measurable if you can clearly identify a specific behavior, when it will happen, for how long, and what you'll be doing when you do it. A measurable goal answers the questions, how much, how many, how will I know when it is accomplished. A behavioral goal is attainable when you feel quite confident you're going to be able to do it successfully. It must seem realistic to you that you can achieve it. If your goal isn't achievable, if it is too difficult or unrealistic, you're not very likely to complete it and then feel like you failed as a result. A behavioral goal is relevant when you feel like the activity will indeed lead you in the direction of your outcome goals and vision. Activity X will result in outcome Y. If you're doing things just to be doing them, you're not going to arrive at the desired outcome. A behavioral goal is time-bound, when you can put it on your weekly and daily schedules, along with your other scheduled activities. A SMART goal should have a deadline or a completion date set up as part of the goal. I usually use these words when I create behavioral goals. This week, I will, and then put the SMART goal in. Some examples of smart behavioral goals related to stress management might sound like these. I will relax using a guided relaxation exercise three times on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for 15 minutes at 4.45 p.m. I will write in my gratitude journal every night right before I fall asleep for at least 10 minutes. I will take five minutes every day during my breaks to analyze how frequently I upgraded my thoughts whenever I reverted to negative, pessimistic, threat-filled thinking. I suggest that you make no more than two or three behavioral goals during each week. If you make more than that, it's very easy to start feeling overwhelmed. I want you to feel confident and successful with the goals that you make for yourself. Do your daily activities. You've decided what you're going to do during the week. Now, what do you do today? That's the most important question to answer. You do have control over the things you're going to do today. What you do really is up to you. You might have a lot of things on your list, but you're the only one who decides how you'll do your list. Integrity. Here's a definition I'd like you to remember. Integrity involves following through on a decision after the emotion of making the decision has passed. In those moments when you plan, when you decide which things you'll do that will lead you to your goals and vision, it's very easy to get excited about all the great things you're going to do. You feel motivated. 
However, when the actual time to do that thing is upon you, sometimes motivation vanishes. You've lost gumption. Let's say you made a goal to meditate three times this week, on Monday, Thursday, and Saturday morning for 15 minutes at 7 o'clock a.m. You're going to do it in your family room, and you're going to practice mantra meditation. You've created a good, smart goal. Friday night was a late one. You went out with some friends, stayed out longer than you had planned, and ended up going to bed much later than you were hoping. On Saturday morning, your alarm goes off at 6.45 a.m., reminding you that you are going to meditate at 7 o'clock. But because you're too tired, you hit the snooze button or turn off the alarm completely and go back to sleep. You've decided that getting extra sleep is more important than your decision to meditate. This leads us to another reason why New Year's resolutions, and most diets, by the way, don't work. When things come up that seem more enticing, Most people lack the discipline to bypass that diversion and stick with their original goal. They get sidetracked over and over until the original goal becomes little more than a memory. What's really important? If you want to get control of your stress in a genuine way, you must decide that getting the upper hand is more important than all the other things that will come up to distract and divert your attention from your goal. I really want you to be successful at this, but you won't be successful unless you do things differently. Deciding on daily stress-reducing behaviors and following through on them is essential for you. If you decide to schedule some time during your week to do some yoga, evaluate your thoughts, meditate, do a guided relaxation exercise, or work out, stick specific times on your calendar when you'll do them. Now, practice integrity with yourself by doing them when you told yourself you were going to do them. Feeling better. Few things feel better to us as humans than saying, I did it, and checking it off, especially if it is a weekly goal that you know will move you closer to your outcome goals and vision. When you do what you say you're going to do, When your behaviors match your vision and goals, not only are you on your way to experiencing your intended outcome, but you also experience the treasured spiritual feeling called inner peace all along the way. Few things feel better than inner peace. Enjoy that reward. Forgive yourself. Having said that, I must include one additional thought. There will be times when things don't go according to plan. Either you'll forget... Something else will come up, or you'll just feel unmotivated. Pay close attention. That's okay. Feeling guilty about not doing things you plan to do is only going to get in the way of your present moment, happiness, and enjoyment. That doesn't help anything except help you feel worse. When things don't go according to your plan, be flexible, move on, let go of the mistake, and realize that you will have plenty more opportunities in the future. Do what's necessary to get back on track without adding any emotional baggage. It's always best to be kind to yourself.